What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain, and joining me as always is Christian Nambu. Thank you all for making Coast to Coast your first listen for NBA coverage. And you're going to enjoy today because we're talking we're talking the best of the best. We're talking the best team in the Western Conference right now, the Denver Nuggets. We're also going to be having a little discussion on the MVP race, although Chris doesn't uh, totally, totally believe that there is an MVP race. But before we get into that, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're not going to quite go for any catch and shoots. I'm just going to throw out a few questions for Chris, a couple of hot button topics to to ease us in stuff that we're going to be talking about throughout uh, throughout the progress in depth so a few hot button questions for Chris to start things off is Jam Morant a top 5 player in the NBA now oh that's tough I think you, you look you look at the end of the season last year like was was that not in play as well like I I, I think when the Grizzlies are playing this well it's hard not to ignore that that subject, but a top five player. I, yeah. I mean, he asked me in the discussion, he asked me in the discussion with, with what he is doing right now, what he's been doing since he came to the league with his athleticism, with his playmaking and with how good his squad has been. I think this year has been a little bit more of a story about not just how jaw is good, but how Jaron Jackson jr. Is finally being more consistent and the Grizzlies are being um, starting off hot as a team. But I mean, when you when your team is that good, when he is doing the things that he's doing on the court, like you can't ignore that success. Top five, that's tough. I mean, you're already thinking about Giannis. You're already thinking about Jokic. You're already thinking about Embiid. You're already thinking about Luca. You obviously have to throw in Tatum. That's a tough discussion. Does does Jaw get in over that? You tell that's, me. That's where I'm at. It. I'm thinking. Jam Morant, he's just—he's been an absolute showstopper this year. He's one of the the best values for money when you're when you're looking to see what team you're going to watch. You turn on the Grizzlies, you know Jam's going to put on a show for you. But I still think he's just on that cusp. He's not quite there. He's in—he's got his name in the conversation. He's in the battle, but he's not quite at the top five level just yet. Yeah, I think that the main thing to say is that he is still a bad defender. He's still a bad defender. And that is going to keep him out of that conversation. Uh, I didn't even mention Durant um, there, which I should have. And it, it's he's a one-way player right now, and he's an absolute highlight machine. So when it comes to like when we talk about most exciting players, I mean that that's a fun conversation to have. Like, is he the most exciting player when you turn on the television and you watch a single player on the court? He's absolutely top five. Is he the most exciting? He might be. Yeah. So that 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 for sure. When it comes to like box office type basketball John Rand is it yeah yeah for sure now here's maybe a little easier one for you is Nikola Jokic already the greatest Denver Nugget of all time uh yeah he I mean he just he's the only Denver Nugget to win back-to-back MVPs he's already he's already named the the best he's basically the best second round pick ever first second round pick to uh lowest I think the lowest ever to win MVP, and I believe the first second round pick to ever win MVP, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And passing uh, English last night, and total assists, and he's let he's going to lead this team to more more playoff um, recognition, more playoff success than they've had in not just recent memory, but I think in history. 
And I think they're finally putting together, which I'm looking forward to talking to today. But I think without a doubt, Jokic is going to be the name that you think of when you talk about the Nuggets. Yeah, I think I, I think he's already done it. Just those back-to-back MVPs and what he does night after night. And especially this year, I've always been a guy who's not been totally committed on Jokic, as good as he is. But what he's doing this year is just, it's next level. It's kind of, he, he's taken the, the mantle. You think Nuggets, you think Jokic. And that's gonna only get stronger from uh from here on in. And the final the final point before we talk some Denver Nuggets is Joel Embiid the best scorer in the NBA. Is Joel Embiid the best scorer in the NBA? Over Kevin Durant. Over Kevin Durant. No, Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the NBA. You 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 don't say best scorer in the NBA and don't say Kevin Durant. You can't you can't say anything, but Kevin Durant is the is only second to Demar Derozan in mid-range scoring, just because he actually takes three pointers. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, he he's basically there with Demar Derozan. He's still the most unguardable player on the court in the the mid posts. He's the most unguardable three point shooter. He's the most skilled big man in the league. Like the the list goes on and on. I I think Embiid. I mean, when you compare those two guys, like what what they do to a defense, it is it is different. Like Embiid is a it's an absolute menace when it comes to you forcing doubles, when it comes to imposing physicality, and then using his skill at the nail to take pull up jumpers and really confuse defenses how to cover him. But I think when it comes to pure like dominance, like you cannot stop a guy. It's it's still Kevin Durant. He's still he's still got that title. I I feel like he's had it for. I mean, he's had it for the past five, six, seven years. He's still the best offensive player in the league. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I wanna I wanna start to look more towards Embiid for what he's done. Obviously, he was scoring champ last year. He, he's looking to lead the way again this year. But I think the points you make, it's kind of it's it's tough to tough to argue that KD is still it's still not the dude that everyone else has to uh, has to try uh, try and match up to. I think I think I'll have to give you the win yeah. in that argument there. Yeah, I'll give you the, the simplest question: is like if you have the game on the line and you have just enough time to get the ball to one guy in the entire NBA to make a shot to win the game. Who is it? You're not going to like my answer. Cause I would say my guy, I, I'll, I'll always say <laughs> it's LeBron James, but I, 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 I would always say it is. I'll always believe that he'll make the shot for me, but to what the point you want to make is yes, you would say Kevin Durant. You're right. The shot, not the pass, not not the smart play. I'm not saying it is the yeah, shot. Yeah, he's he might not be the greatest shooter ever, but in, in any moment I'd still have the ball in his hands. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, but for your point, I, I think you're you're all right. You will give it to Kevin Durant. And and I think actually and we'll get into it um this episode, but I think the answer also could be right now, just based on clutch stats, uh Jokic. I mean Jokic is absolutely crushing it this yeah. year in clutch stats, but um what what other confounding questions do you have for no, me? No, no more. That's it. We'll get into more in depth stuff in the great transition. <laughs> great transition straight into the Denver Nuggets. They're the best team in the Western Conference right now. They are thirty two and thirteen. They are second in offensive rating. They're sixth in points per game. They're leading the league in field goal percentage and three point percentage. What is the major difference? Do you think? From this team last year with MVP Jokic compared to this year, 
where they were kind of floundering around the middle of the pack in the West last year, but now they're right up there at the top. What's what's the difference for you? I think the the easy answer, first off, is health. They both have they have Murray, they have MPJ, and Michael Porter Jr. has been he's not taking the step forward defensively that you've wanted him to. And he hasn't necessarily taken a step forward scoring on ball like you wanted him to. But I think the best case scenario here is that he has played, he's played a solid amount. He's not shied away from minutes. Um, and I mean, he's been pretty darn efficient, not scoring the paint as well as he has, but having Michael Porter Jr. out there as one of the best uh, tough shot catch and shoot players in the league, a guy who can raise over anybody that you can trust to be a great option to shoot at any point in time in the game. That's a guy that, that is really helping this team out. They didn't have that last year. Um, having Jamal Murray, who's, if you look at his uh, beginning half of the season to the last half, has taken a big jump in terms of efficiency, getting to the line, getting the paint, just looking more confident physically, um, looking more confident off the bounce. His presence has been huge to take pressure off of the rest of the team. I mean, Jokic did not have on-ball creators like Jamal Murray. Um, Bones Highland taking a step, you can give the ball to him. And whether it's efficient or not, that's a debate. And that's a process. I think it's been great that they've been able to weave in Bones Highland to allow him to, to you know, experiment, allow him to be himself. I mean, he he is like the quintessential street baller and that kind of style that he brings to the team. But that is the kind of guy that coming off the bench does a lot. And empowering him as a young player has been huge for them. But not just having all these guys who can who can score the ball and on the offensive end add more than just forcing everything through Jokic, which, you know, for all intents and purposes, always goes great. That's why they're a top five team. Um, it's the defense. Defense has not been bad. And we'll probably debate that today. But I think the defense, just speaking on it generally, has definitely improved. They they've had they've had better moments defensively. They've improved from the first half to the second. And Aaron Gordon is having a Wiggins-esque all-star push here. You know, maybe not a pure all-star push like you would traditionally say, but if we're going to apply the same sort of uh, moniker that we did to Wiggins last year to allow him to get into an all-star game, I think Aaron um, Aaron Gordon should definitely get that same sort of recognition for what he's done for this team. Yeah, I think he's been a real interesting uh, piece. He, he was one of the guys that was there uh, last year, but he kind of... He flattered to deceive because I think you you can't expect him to be doing what like Jamal and MPJ do, but what you can expect him to be is a really solid scorer and a really solid two-way player on a competitive team. And that's what we're seeing this year. And he's looking like kind of that little bit that gives them that little bit of an edge that they that any competitive team needs. But also it's kind of gotten back into the kind of the perfect situation for Aaron Gordon. There's no major expectations on him. You just got to go out there and play his game. And that's, that's working well for him and it's working well for Denver. Yeah. And he, he really is. I, if you pulled him off the, if he get, if he got injured today, their defense would plummet. I mean, they, they would, they would be nowhere. I mean, he's always taking the hardest assignment and the, he's relied on, to not just do that, but like when they're zoning up, they're playing so many different uh, uh, zones. They're playing different coverages this year. And I think that the first half of the season, a lot of shooting luck went into why they were bad. 
But when you watch Aaron Gordon night in, night out, I mean, he's making the right reads. He's communicating out there and he's become the heart and soul of their defense. And they're not the most impressive defensive team. But when you look at um, their, if we just jump into defense right now, since we're talking Aaron Gordon, I think you, you can't talk Aaron Gordon without talking Denver's defense. I mean, they're improving. Like right now, um, as of the weekend, they're allowing only 112 points per 100 possessions. That's seventh best in the NBA. And they're 16th in half-court defensive rating. And, again, that's not the most impressive mark in the world, but when you talk about an offensively gifted team and a team that I think is right now giving up too many points in the fast break, like they're a sieve on that end. That's probably one of the biggest reasons they're they're suffering. And I think that's a regular season problem that won't show up in the postseason. Um, they are one of the better three-point defending teams in the league. They've gotten a lot better. They have the personnel to close out. I think having KCP and Brown on this team has been fantastic additions to really help them uh, work on that perimeter defense. But that's just something that's coming along. Like if you looked at them in just the past um, past half of the season, not the first half, they've been hovering around a top 10 defense. They've been much better. And that is not something you could have said at all last year. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a major issue for them because we know Jokic is not the greatest defender in the world, but you can get, you could always know you could build a, a good defensive team around him where he could slot in and be wouldn't be any like wouldn't be a liability or, or any anything like that. But they didn't make any major additions. They always had Aaron Gordon. They always knew he was going to be a, a really important mark for the defense. But KCP and Bruce Brown are two guys that low key additions, but two guys that you know are the type of players that are always going to be underrated on the very best teams in the league they're just that's just they're they're in their dna they're going to be those two guys that they'll just step up at those little plays they'll make that little bit of difference to help the stars really take it take over and and be in position to to deliver the 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 top prizes in basketball yeah bruce brown is like probably one of my favorite like role players in the nba straight up like he on defense he is so good at reading the next rotation he's so good at set being a help defender and then getting back on his guy and just he just flies around the court you know, he's he's not you know he's not necessarily the, the smartest defender he's not like out thinking defenses but he's constantly out hustling defenses he's in the right position most of the time and he just runs the floor like a madman and that's why this is like the most perfect pairing with to have him on this team and you have him alongside Jokic who looks like Peyton Manning out there, just like throwing deep bombs, whatever, whoever's down the court. And Bruce Brown is always down the court. And that puts so much pressure um, on opposing teams. And opposing teams can't um, try and get on the offense boards, number one, because Jokic is there. But their guards really get out into the break. I mean, that's why they're the best rebounding team in basketball. Um, I think not only because you have Jokic, um, not only because you have good rebounding guards, but I think they put so much pressure in the fast break that – um, it's hard to get second chance points up against Steve. It's hard to crash the boards when you know if you send another guy, guys like Bruce Brown are down there. I think K- KCP gets out as well. Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, all these guys are willing to run, and that's been huge for uh, for for this team who notoriously plays slow, but has actually been the most efficient uh, fast break team in basketball. It's been fascinating to see. Yeah, that's uh, I didn't I didn't actually know that. That's uh, that's very interesting, but it also makes sense when you got a guy like Jokic who can just 
pass the ball and guys the willing runners it, it it adds up when you hear it but it's also it's an impressive start it's great to see that they've made these additions and they're already coming to fruition they're already making that difference for this team but uh let, let's talk jamal murray he's kind of the, the the big piece he was the number two guy mm-hmm. bubble jamal murray we all think back to that the the, the 50 point games the, the battles with utah then he gets that bad injury and you're thinking, is he going to be able to come back and get to that level? And with every game he plays, he's slowly getting back to that mark. I mean, he's that 19-4-5 at the moment. And you're thinking somewhere around that mark is his sweet spot for his career because he's going to be playing alongside Jokic. And he's starting to have the bigger influence. He's starting to have more 25-plus sort of games. He's starting to be more efficient and he's just starting to look like the Jamal Murray that's going to be the ideal number two to be playing alongside Nikola Jokic for the future of this Denver team. Yeah, first half of the season, 2.3 free throws attempted. Last 14, doubled that, getting to the line more. 43% from the field in the first half, 45% in the second, 35.5% from three, 42.7% from three in the second half. 16.5 16.5 points, 19.9 points in the second half. You see the clear pattern is he's, he's getting more aggressive. He's feeling more confident getting to the rim. And, you know, we, we saw this, like, for instance, with Zach Levine. Zach Levine looked really rusty. He didn't look confident. He didn't look like he had nearly as much jump. And I think it's with all these injured guys, you see this, that it's not just the fact that they are healthy, like they're physically cleared to play. Like it takes time to really get confident in your body and, be able to trust that if you go up, you're going to be able to land right. If you are really taking on contact, that you're going to be able to absorb that. And that's that's something that, you know, especially for Murray, he's been out so much longer. Um, he's going to continue to to adjust and he's going to continue to get better. But as a number two, I, I, I think, honestly, you look at the entire league. Who has a better two-man game? when you think about Jokic and Murray, I mean, it, it reminds me kind of of a, you know, you have a, you could argue Draymond and Steph. I think a lot of that comes from mostly Steph and Draymond's so smart to know how to get Steph into the right position, but the way that Murray and Jokic synergize together, the way that, that Murray knows how to get him in the right position to get a switch that he knows how to cut off of his handoffs perfectly. He knows how to play with him in the pick and roll. Like they synergize so well. And it's not just about like Murray scoring all the time. It's about getting the offensive position too. Cause like, if you get Jokic going in the right spots, you get him in the right switch, then everything starts humming. And that's not something Jokic had last year. I mean, Jokic had to create from nothing, but guys like Murray can create advantages for Jokic to make things easy. And I think so many games you see this season is, a lot of buckets that the Nuggets get. And the reason why they're so good offensively is that they're easy looks. They get easy looks at the basket. They get easy open threes. And they're able to generate this pretty evenly. And there's not a lot of hard work that goes into it. Murray doesn't have to be this crazy superstar. And maybe we'll see that in the postseason. But so far, it's been a really good process to see that this is building slowly and it's building the right way. Yeah, that's the big thing. And the, and the way that it's looking, it's like he's going to be, the way the Nuggets are probably looking at it, it's like we're going to see the best of him as we get closer to the postseason. The the main time that they want to have 
Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic really firing on all cylinders. And I mean, you can't ask much more of that. The, the Murray coming off the back of an injury and the way it's slowly built up, he himself and and probably the the trainers and the, and the team, the, they've made the right calls in in a in getting him back to to this level. It's we see a lot of errors. We see guys who come back too soon and then get injured again. It's good to see it working in a purely positive way. That's a real a real bonus for for Denver and for the NBA because it's it's great to have a you you miss guys like Jamal Murray, what he can do on the court and what he and and Jokic can do together. You really it, it's great great to have him back. Yeah, it's just the beginning. It's just beginning. I, I think it's going to continue to get better. Um, and Michael Porter Jr., I think we, we mentioned him. Um, I think just throwing out his numbers as well, we throw out Murray's numbers. You know, he hasn't had a major change from first half of the season to the second half. I thought maybe we'd see a little bit more of a trend. But you got to give him credit that he's been steady since the moment he stepped back on the basketball court. He's averaged 17 points, six rebounds, 48% from the field. And 46.3% from three. Um, you look at his tracking data, he continues to be like one of the best um, tough shot makers. I mean, you look at um, any of his numbers with highly contested jumpers, he's still shooting incredibly efficiently from there. And I, I think that's been a great a great thing to see from a, a guy who has not been looked at as consistent in the first couple of years of him being in the league. And now I think we can look at him as, you know, he's going, that's going to be his baseline. This is as good as it gets, or as bad as it gets, I, I feel like. Um, and I, I hate to belabor contracts and such because, you know, that that was already a topic before. He is who he is, regardless of his the money. But do you feel like there are more expectations on Michael Porter Jr.? Is, is that something that that is worth – I don't know if concern is a word, but you paid him to definitely maybe be more. I, I think the Nuggets expected – him to be more and this is a massive asterisk that he is coming off back surgery again so to see him just do this is fine but is there enough pressure on him in this in this system is there enough pressure on him to be better and to grow and do more especially defensively probably probably not but at, i'd say i think that the defensive aspect is obviously the, is the really key one because i mean you think about him being like a 16 point per game score shooting 40% from 3 that's that's really what you expect from him on the offensive side if you look at Jokic and uh, and Murray as kind of the two the two lead guys only there's only so much points to that can go around in a game so you think the offensively you're kind of like yeah he could probably vary his scoring a bit more but the real worry is definitely the defensive side. I think that's where the hole might still be there when it gets to to playoff time, and that's where his teammates and, and the coaching staff really have to try all they can do to to get his head focused and and make those improvements on defense because that's what's gonna gonna change the the trajectory for himself and his career as a player maybe even for the for the nuggets as a whole yeah and it's it's tough he's never been a good defender so it's it's hard to expect him to to make strides like that but come playoff time i mean you you can't be you can't be making some of the lapses that he still makes to the point where you know michael malone in some cases is subbing him out for christian braun 
who, I mean, as I predicted, actually looks, he, he looks like he fits right in with this team. Content to be a three and D guy, run, run the fat, run in the lanes. And he's physical and he's, he's smart defensively. He does his job on defense. Like, there's going to be offensive opportunities for anyone on this team. Anyone's going to be able to score around Jokic. But I, I think that's a, the biggest expectation I have for Michael Porter Jr. is for him to clean that up and to mature on that end of the floor this second half of the season. That's going to be a big expectation because they're at the top of the West. They're at the top of the West and not playing their best basketball yet, I don't think. And that's going to be a a major way for them to really feel like true contenders is if their defense can get even better. And that's going to come down to having one of their starters, hopefully that he's, he's going to be starting in the playoffs to have that shooting next to Jokic would be very important, but their shortcomings comes down to the turnovers. It comes down to the bad shots. It comes down to the poor defense. And if you can clean that up, I mean, that that's such a little thing, but if you can clean that up, that has such a massive impact for the rest of this team. Yeah, and it's ginormous because it's not like we're asking. It's not like the question is, oh, you have to be the best defender on this team. You have to be the guy that leads this entire entire defense. It's almost as as little as saying you just can't be the liability on the defensive end. You can't be the guy that gets targeted all the time. You can't be the guy that has these consistent lapses. It's not... It's not all that much to ask for a guy that's getting paid a lot of money and there's big expectations on, and I think he has big expectations for himself as well. Yeah. Anyone else on the team has been interesting for you? I mean, Bones, Bones Highlands is the, is the other one. I mean, it, it, he had a few flashes last year, but it's good to see him doing it pretty consistently uh, in terms of scoring. He's averaging 13-3 and three off the bench, shooting... Shooting about forty percent from three as well, which is a which is a great plus. He, obviously, on the whole, his scoring is rather inefficient, but I think that's to be expected with his age. But to get that level of production from him off the bench and basically alongside Bruce Brown as well, obviously he's had a few more starts, but he's kind of scoring off the bench too. It's a great little one-two punch that they can bring. Uh, they can bring off the bench and they can play more consistent minutes. Yeah, it's it's nice to have him out there, um, especially when you when you don't have Jamal Murray. Like I said, he brings in that creativity, and it's it's fun to have a guy like that. He he has a similar vibe to like Will Barton and that creativity he has, uh, the way that Will Barton play, the way, um, like a street ball, just straight street ball, and that's it was funny. If you uh, if you're interested, go watch um jj reddick's podcast that he did with bones highland bones highland talking about uh that youtube video that made him famous originally um as a street baller and it's fun he's a fun player man he's a fun player if he doesn't work out here i mean he's he's got that same sort of style you see with like um tyrese maxi manuel quickly there's, there's always a place for guys like that yeah, I mean, with a, with a name like Bones, you kind of have to be, uh, you have to be a, a street ball. You have to be a fun, a fun guy, and and uh, want to really uh, set up the highlight, the highlight reels. If not, be the lead, the lead star in a team. So, I mean, where else do we, there's only there's only one other place to go with is with Denver team. We barely even discussed them as of yet, but Nikola Jokic, like, oh oh my God, he he just gets better. 
almost every game. He's really starting to look like the best player in basketball every night he's on the floor and really starting to look like the lead contender when it comes to, to MVP and he'd be winning a third in a row. Let's remember, Michael Jordan never did that. LeBron James never did that. This would be an unbelievable achievement and while he isn't averaging the same uh, points per game that he did in the previous two years, he's still at 25, 11, and 10. He's basically averaging a 25-point triple-double as a center. That's Wilt. Those are Wilt, Wilt numbers. Like it, and and also 67-37-82 splits for a center to be doing that. That's unbelievable. 14 triple-doubles. This guy is... He's... Absolutely outrageous, and and right now he's just over everyone. He is just he's the man looking down at everyone else, thinking I am the best player in basketball. So only Russell Bird and Wilt won three straight MVPs, and I, I don't think that's a bad benchmark. I mean, that's not a ridiculous benchmark. I mean, when you put Jokic in perspective with these players, I believe he's at that level. I mean, you look at how he dominates every game. I, I believe that night in, night out, no matter what the matchup is, Jokic is the most problematic player to face. The most problematic player to face. He's the most unguardable player in terms of what you're, what he does to a defense. And I think that he's, ha- he's contributed the most to team success in the NBA. The defense has fallen off a bit from last year, I will admit. But when you look at how good the Nuggets offense has been this year when you look at how successful they've been as a whole as a team I think it's a great kind of a contrast from last year where the the biggest debate was okay well Jokic is he has nobody so like you look at the Delta like he's got to be the MVP because they're good and the rest of the team is bad it's because Jokic but you put reasonable players you put good players around Jokic and they're the second best team in basketball right now and that also plays into the fact that he's the most clutch player in the NBA right now as well. And that Denver Nuggets are 12 and 5 in clutch games with Jokic. And they're outscoring opponents by 68 minutes or 68 points in that period. He has 20 assists to four turnovers. And he himself is just an absolute engine in the end of the game, whether it's throughout the season or in the most stressful games when you just need to have someone control the game. Like he's that guy. And compare him to anyone else right now, I, I think he's had a better year than Giannis. I think he's had a more consistent year than Embiid. I think it's tough for Durant because Durant's injured right now, but um, that that's probably the toughest discussion for me. Is, is Durant is not hurt. It's tough to, to compare those two because Durant was doing crazy things defensively as well. But I don't know. I, I can't make a – I don't want to think about the three in a row because it's not about – if he's winning three in a row, it's about the fact that, you know, who is the best player this year? Who's, who's contributing the most to a successful team this season? Not last season, not the season before that. And I think it's still Jokic. Yeah, that's that's the way you, you always hope that it is looked at. Obviously, there's, we, we all know there's been years when it's not it's not quite that. We, we know there's years that it was very clear that certain guys – should have been MVP if they if they hadn't won it before they would have been MVP. We all have those thoughts about about LeBron about about Giannis about even Kevin Durant as well. But 
this year it it, it feels different. It, it it feels like the I, I came into it thinking the three in a row just can't happen because it, it the three in a row just doesn't happen. But the way he's playing and the fact that he's he's almost doing it that little bit differently. He's having the more team success. He's he's averaging even more, even more assists than usual. He's still got really really good scoring. He's still got really good efficiency, but he's doing those extra little bits to make it like you have to give me the MVP because I because I am, I am the best player and it's it's showing on the floor. I mean Denver they won nine of ten. They've got eight straight. They won fifteen straight at home. They're absolutely unbelievable, and it's it's Jokic. <laughs> That's what you said. The impact on winning, Jokic is everything for this Denver Nuggets team. Where they'd be without him, compare that to other teams. You think like the Seventy Sixers? Obviously, they would be nowhere near as good without MB. But you think they'd be a little bit better off than Denver would be without uh, without Jokic? The same with like Jamarant in. Uh, in Memphis with with uh, Tatum in in Boston, there's the little differences that would make, but he is definitely the big the big X factor for for the team, and he's oh man, I just can't say it. He's he's got to be he's got it's got to be number three. He's got to be the next guy to do it. Who's who's the closest for you? I think for me, it's if we're just quickly talking about MVP, like who is who is the close second. I mean, you could. There's the list is fairly, fairly big. If you really want to go into it, I I think it's got to be Tatum. Tatum. All right. So Tatum, Tatum or Tatum or Doncic. Yeah, I I'd go I'd go with Tatum. He's playing. He's been the lead guy for the for the best team basketball mm-hmm. this year. Thirty one points, eight rebounds, four assists. Steady, steady efficiency. Obviously, the, the three point shot has struggled a bit, but he's still 56, 35, and 87. And he does look like the star turn. He does look like he's taken that extra leap from last year. I remember after the, the NBA finals, I made a comment saying that he just doesn't look like that elite level player yet this season. He, he, he looks like an elite level player. Yeah. That, okay. So that's an interesting thing. I, I think that when I, when I'm comparing him and Luca, I, this is the same thing that we did last year. Just compare these two guys is their control of the basketball game and versus the defense. And obviously Tatum is, I mean, he's a stopper. He's switchable. He played multiple um, types of schemes and he can really, he can really be a game breaker sometimes with it. The fact that you can defend the rim, the fact that you can defend the perimeter is very versatile defender. And that's something that the Celtics have relied on. Can't say that for Luca, but I think Luca still controls the game better, and I think that the Mavs are still are still going to be an elite Western Conference team, and the playmaking is still not there the way that it is for for a guy like Luca. So that, that's what makes it hard for me. It's the like the scoring has been amazing for for um, Tatum, but has for Luca too. I mean, he's averaging you know thirty four points a game, nine rebounds per game, nine assists per game. Like that's He's right, right in lockstep with Jokic. Honestly, outside of the fact that um, Jokic has been much more efficient, but yeah, it's close. I for me, I think it's it's Jokic, one A, Luca, 
1B, and then Embiid and Tatum. But I, uh, but it's I'd, I'd actually say I'd, I'd rebuff myself on that and say Luca one C, Durant one B. It's been really close this year. I think Durant's Durant's def- defense this year has been the craziest thing. I mean, he's the reason why not just Nick Claxton being an absolute animal, but Kevin Durant also defensively, he's the reason why the Nets finally made a resurgence, why they became a real basketball team again. His defense and his insane shot making. But yeah, man, the, all these all these names in there, man, and that, that just makes Jokic even better. Yeah, exactly. It do, that does it does kind of feed into his case. But if you're talking like yeah, uh, like you mentioned the looking at Jokic last year was obviously it was like what he has around him, and he's still keeping them in the playoff contention. The team is still doing this well. That's when you look at Doncic and kind of be like, yeah, the team he's got around him and what he's still being able to do, and the fact that he's still got Dallas as a as the fifth seed in the Western Conference, that's where you kind of think, oh, maybe he is the real, uh, the real number two. But uh, a quick, quick word on Durant. I mean, it kind of feels similar to the situation when the Cavs got Ty Lue in. That was the Jackie Vaughn. Like Durant wanted Steve Nash gone. They get Jack Vaughn, and just as a guy, basically, just. Don't get in Kevin Durant's way. You're not gonna. You're not gonna try to do anything too drastic. Just let KD run this team how he wants to run it, and let's see how that goes. And uh, it's it's coming up chump for a moment at the moment, and obviously it's disappointing that KD's picked up uh, picked up another injury. But what he's done so far this season, when he's been on the floor, it's been superstar, best of the best, KD. Yeah, and that the Nets, I think they're. They're back. I I hope that they are able to to find a way to scrape together a five hundred record between now and All Star break. Because if they're able to get Durant rest through All Star break, I I think he'll be fine. Seems like the 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 scans were normal. They weren't crazy. Like they're not concerned about any risk long term from this. But he just needs a rest. But it it's such a great MVP race this year. Like it's. It's hard. I, I think the reason why I say like that makes Jokic even better because I, I look through all these players and I still feel pretty confident like watching these guys that Jokic is still the most impactful player on winning, even though these guys are just unbelievable. We didn't even talk about Giannis. I think it's it's unfair to Giannis too because I mean he's Giannis averaging thirty one. Giannis is yeah, LeBron he's... now. He is uh, thirty one points per game, twelve rebounds, five assists, fifty two percent from the field. It's Totally, totally normal, and, right? Uh, Not that? an MVP year. Yeah, he's crap. <laughs> what about what even what even what even is that guy? Uh, one guy say that didn't on the even... books, though, uh, as a whole, yeah, their lack of a three point shot is is hurting oh, them yeah. against better teams. Oh yeah, that's that's going to come up, and there's only so much Joe Ingles can do to to save them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but another guy in the East, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's yeah. he's had his name in there. Been one of the most dominant players in the NBA for a team that's, I mean, right there. They're right there in contention. No one should be surprised if they're in the Eastern Conference Finals next year. And that guy's leading the charge there. He, I'm sure plenty of Cavs fans want him there. Zion Williamson, same argument for him. John Hollinger uh, predicting the teams to be in the Western Conference Final including the Pelicans in there and Zion Williamson, major reason for that. That that's a guy who also has his name shouted out. Like this year, there's a lot of 
legitimate MVPs that a lot of fan bases are going to be very annoyed with uh, whoever gets picked by the end of the season. But I think maybe our, our little bit of Nuggets bias now, since this is all about Nuggets today, we feel pretty good about Jokic. But I get it. A lot of teams are going to feel pretty confident that their guy is the guy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. So who who's your pick then? Who is your pick outside of Jokic? Right now, who do you think is le- is leading the the MVP race, or even leading the second place race at the moment? I'd say. I'd if so. If Durant misses time all the way through All Star break, I would say, I'd say it has to be Luca. I'd say it has to be Luca. I mean, Luca's putting in just an insane numbers. He's putting up James James Harden numbers right now, and the Mavs are still in the thick of it. Tatum, Tatum would have to, I think, take a a bigger step in terms of his shooting. Like his shooting needs to come up a little bit. And it that's a crazy thing. If if Tatum was shooting just a little bit better this season, like he'd be averaging like 36, 37 points a game. Like it's, he's a little bit down this year. And I, that's probably um nature of having the ball in his hands a little bit more. But he's, I feel like, just a touch shy. Yeah, I think I know I originally went with Tatum, but I think the more we've discussed it, I think I think you're probably right there, thinking more so Luca as the the lead guy. Even even just the the word, the voices around the NBA would have Luca in that position as the as the number two to to Jokic at the moment. Not not, not going to be Embiid's year to go uh, to go three in a row, uh, three in a row as uh, number two in the MVP race, although. He is having another, another really really good year, and the the seventy sixers are are still right around there. They kind of go quietly. It feels like every time I watch them, they lose, but they always seem to be <laughs> right up there in in terms of the Eastern Conference. I mean, they're third there at the moment, and obviously Embiid is a is a big part of that. He's scored thirty plus in twenty four of his thirty three games. He's still. One of the most dominant scorers. I think he's just behind Luca with thirty three point six points per game. He's just just right there behind Luca Doncic. So, I mean, he's gonna be talked about in the in the in the same voice, but I don't think he's gonna have the push that he has had in the last uh, the last couple of years. But scoring title, I think he could definitely do that again. Yeah, and I definitely want to. Maybe we should take the chance to talk about seventy sixers and and Bucks and what's what's not gone as well for them as it should have, even though they're both sitting you know, pretty comfortable rain right now in the East. But yeah, the 76ers have just not felt uh, convincing this season. They, they've needed to feel convincing. It's it's not happened. But yeah, I think at the end of the day, I look at all this, I look at all these crazy names, and I'm, I'm still feeling pretty confident about Jokic. Denver's feeling confident about Jokic. And they're going to continue to be, I think, the best team in the West. This is not on the backs of any crazy things. I think one thing you might say is kind of the strength of their recent schedule. They've played a few flimsy teams here and there, but they've they've been convincing in all their wins, and they've been good in the clutch. And Jokic looks like an MVP. I think the Nuggets are in a good spot for the rest of the way through the whole season. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree. I think yeah, the, those are important stats. You got an MVP type player in Jokic. You've got your team winning comfortably in games that you're supposed to win and you got your team stepping up in the clutch 
those are all three really important factors when you think of the best teams and future playoff success. So yeah, Denver fans, you should be feeling good right now and you'll keep riding this wave to uh, throughout this season. But uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, my thanks to Chris for joining me. I am Ronan Gain and thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you going through with us we kind of go off on tangents and we talk a little bit too much about things that maybe people don't care about but we think it's important to get there i'm sure everybody cares about this oh yeah everyone cares about Jokic and and denver but if you like what you're hearing make sure to like subscribe follow wherever you get your podcasts or on all social media channels we are everywhere at coast to coast nba and remember take every shot and love every moment peace and a reminder, I walked two miles through the rain to record this podcast, so please like, subscribe, do all the above, please. Thank you. Good night.